This podcast is brought to you by Monarch, the ultimate payment solution for both businesses and consumers. The Monarch wallet is the first wallet that can send recurring blockchain payments for your monthly bills and convert crypto into fiat. Learn more at monarchtoken.io. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. This podcast is brought to you by Monarch the ultimate payment solution for both businesses and consumers. The Monarch Wallet is the first wallet that can send recurring blockchain payments for your monthly bills and convert crypto into fiat. Learn more at monarchtoken.io. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and joining us today is Will McDonough. He is the founder at iCash. Welcome, Will. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're very excited to, to learn more about iCash and what you're doing over there. So why don't you give our listeners a little insight into your company? Sure. Um, iCash has been around about a year and a half now. Um, it, it was born out of me taking a somewhat pragmatic look at blockchain and recognizing that you know, for blockchain to really mature, it needed institutional participation. And for institutions to participate, They really needed more of uh, the checks and balances that they benefit from in the real world or in, uh, you know, traditional banking or traditional Internet um, that doesn't exist on blockchain. So some purists, if you will, of blockchain feel like it's trustless and feel like you don't need to trust the counterparties. We actually feel that for Fortune 500s to utilize blockchain they're going to want to know that, God forbid, something gets inaccurately validated prior to it being irreversibly entered to the blockchain. It can be audited and affirmed by our platform. And that is that is such a big worry, I think, when working in this space. Um, you know, how 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 big of a pain in the butt is it if something does accidentally go through? Well, it's irreversible. You know, we we have mm-hmm. a funny picture in our materials of a, of an old sailor with about eight ex-girlfriend's names tattooed on his arm with lines through them. And uh, what we say is, you know, the gift and the curse of blockchain is that it's immutable, it's irreversible. So that all sounds well and good until it isn't good. And uh, I know that, you know, checks and balances exist in global government and global finance to give comfort to scale so that scale users can, can take comfort in the settlements. And uh, that just wasn't built into the original Satoshi white paper or hasn't been built into any smart contract platforms, which is why we established ourselves as a protocol that is interoperable with any blockchain, any smart contract platform, and uh, allows for this to be layered into uh, a- any interaction. Yeah, so let's do a little dive into the protocol, the uh, the proof of trust uh, protocol that you've been speaking about. Sure. So let, let's just use an easy example. Uh, let's say you and I enter into a smart contract on the price of Bitcoin in 30 days. And that contract reads that you think Bitcoin is going to be above 10,000 in 30 days from this millisecond, and I think it's going to be below 10,000. And we enter into a contract, and based on the 30th day, 
uh, we we also stipulate in that contract who the data source for that settlement will be. So that all sounds well and good, but you know the biggest issue people have with some of this totally public blockchain transactions is that you've now laid out exactly the source that could be or needs to be corrupted if you want to corrupt the entirety of the mm-hmm. contract. So even if you just say that we're going to settle that trade based on the price on Reuters at you know 30, 30 days from today, well, all I really have to do is change the price in Reuters for the four milliseconds that I know the, the protocol is calling or, or the, the smart contract platform is calling that data down. And I've completely derailed the contract and, and settled it, you know, to the wrong person, if you will. Um, the public might not ever notice that that happened, but you've introduced the capacity for that to be corrupted. And since the majority of people who are so excited about blockchain are excited about decentralization, it was just ironic to me that this entire decentral movement was dependent on a single authority validating contract or contracts. So in the face of that, you know, as I said, taking a more pragmatic approach, I said, I realized that for global institutions to transact and scale on blockchain, they're going to want some checks and balances between that moment of settlement and the irreversible imprint of the blockchain, whereby if they do disagree with it, or if they do feel like there was some corruption or some uh, inaccurate settlement, there'd be a method for them to adjudicate that. And, and our protocol allows for that. And the way that it allows for that is we embed into the smart contract uh, both 50 basis points of ICAST tokens, which pre-fund the um, compensation of the network of delegates that we have curated to to uh, audit and affirm those transactions, such that if at the end of our contract, we both agree to the settlement, well, then it just prints to the blockchain like it ever did. And we get redeemed our escrowed iCash. So there's there's no uh, cost or to us or tax on the system. Um, so no downside, basically. However, if one of us wants to contest the outcome, probably it's because we feel like it's settled in the wrong direction. And therefore, it's worth it for us to pay 25 to 50 basis points total to have somebody or a network of people come in and take a fresh look at the contract and ensure that it's settled accurately. So you can stipulate those terms ahead of time and say, you know, I want within 30 minutes if I have a contestation for uh, delegates to audit and affirm it and and to vote their perspective. And when that happens, uh, so long as a supermajority of our delegates agree that it should have settled one way, the contract gets rectified and then it can print to the blockchain. We do allow for a second contestation, so a second layer of checks and balances, if you will, just to make ridiculously sure that uh, everything's always accurate, but also allow for if somebody has a contract reversed and they feel like it shouldn't have been reversed, they can then now contest it. And we've done some probability modeling that shows that if you assume 5% of smart contracts are inaccurately settled by layering in our protocol, we can t- we can dilute that risk from 5% down to 0.000005%, which is basically null. So uh, the way we claim it is we assure the accuracy of smart contract settlements. Uh, ultimately, what I aspire to is, is having our technology enable insurance. 
and enable uh, global insurance providers to insure blockchain transactions as being valid. But assurance is a, is a pretty good start. Absolutely. And uh, you touched on it for a second, but let's, let's talk a little bit more about the iCash token. Sure. So the iCash token, um, you know, some people call it insurance cash whatever you want to call it. iCash, we just think is a great name. Uh, I've been around the world, literally. Um, I flew east starting 23 days ago and landed back in uh, Washington, D.C. this past Friday, having spent time across Europe and and, uh, and in South Korea. And no matter what market I'm in, um, no matter what uh, language is spoken there, uh, I joke, Steve Jobs spent a lot of money building our brand for us. So iCash is immediately recognizable, pronounceable, and known by the crypto community already. Um, the token is is the token that is escrowed against a potential contestation. And therefore, when you choose to activate the protocol, you've pre-funded and those tokens get distributed to the delegates who will then thus uh, audit and affirm that uh, that transaction. But the token also has to be staked by those delegates so that they have something to lose, which creates an interesting scenario from my background in Wall Street, um, what I what I believe is that we've created a scenario where the iCash token can have significant velocity without introducing significant volatility. And that's really unique. So volatility would be introduced if there was really sporadic uh, supply and demand in the marketplace. And that could be driven by different people needing different tokens at different times of different days or different times of the month or whatever it might be. Um, what Velocity does is create the need for the token across multiple uh, parties. And we do that by requiring all the delegates to post it as collateral. So they're always going to need a balance, um, compensating the delegates with the token. So they're always going to be earning more of it and then requiring it as the escrow into the smart contracts. So the participants in the smart contract are going to need to be staking you know, their own. Um, we talk a lot about how Walmart uh, at one point said, 18 months from now, we're only taking credit cards that, that have RFID chips. And what that did was forced adoption by all credit card companies. What I believe is uh, Fortune 100s or 500s that want to use blockchain probably will require our protocol to be embedded into any smart contract that they're party to because their boards of directors or their shareholders won't allow them to take that uh, unnecessary risk uh, introduced by not, uh, not having that, uh, that checks and balance in, embedded. And if that happens, you're going to force adoption by any counterparty to any of those insurance companies or banks or global players trying to use blockchain. And um, you know, there'll be only more demand for the ICAST token every day, more so than the last. That is fantastic, and um, also a big, a big congratulations because you were recently named. iCash was recently named by CNBC as one of the top crypto projects during Blockchain Week. Yeah, we were flattered by that. Um, you know, I, I randomly was asked to appear on CNBC, and in the midst of the interview, the gentleman Ron, uh, who was interviewing me, said, "Oh, I get it. This is like when you go to delete an email in your inbox, and it says, are you sure you want to delete this?'" <laughs> and I said, you do get it. Uh, and I'm going to start using that. But it just, should, you know, people realize the irreversibility of blockchain and the need for an intermediary step between uh, the settlement and the irreversibility of it. So uh, Ron is somebody who got it immediately. And we were flattered about a week later to be named, you know, one of the top projects from consensus uh, in New York, which was, you know, 
thousands and thousands of people from all over the world uh, that are, are members of the community and really was an attest, uh, an atte- a, a, a testament to, you know, our team and what we've been able to accomplish in, in such a short time. And so if people want to get involved, they want to buy iCash or they want to start using your POT protocol, what are, what are the steps to get started? So they cannot use the protocol yet. Um, we're in the midst okay. of development. Uh, I had I had five days of meetings last week with our development team that was in town from San Francisco, Boston, India, London, Korea, uh, really diving deep into our roadmap. We uh, anticipate that an MVP will be available within 90 days for people to tinker with. And then before the end of the year, um, you will be able to embed our protocol into multiple smart contract platforms, for example, Ethereum and EOS. Uh, it's funny to me also that that some of these projects just build on single blockchains, which to me is just a levered bet on those blockchains actually succeeding themselves, because uh, God forbid they don't, you know, your entire business is tied to their success. So we have chosen to build on multiple blockchains and be available on any smart contract platform that has scale, such that it's not upon us to make the decision for the contract participant, uh, they can select the blockchain they want to operate on and will be available to them uh, on that medium. Fantastic. And then if people want to participate in a token sale? Yeah, so there's a lot of information on www.icast.io as well as sale.icast.io. People can uh, pre-register. We are also taking a bit of a different tact to uh, the sales of our tokens. We have uh, local legal guidance and regulatory guidance in 21 different jurisdictions across the world um, where we are conscious of the local regulations so that if you subscribe from one market to the next, you're subscribing uh, with paperwork that will be viewed by the local regulator as valid and and safe. Um, In the U.S., that means that uh, we're only taking investments, sadly, from qualified buyers and uh, full KYC AML on all those folks. But anyone who's interested in participating goes to our website and uh, and starts that process. It's all automated. Uh, the technology is beautiful, and uh, I think is impressive in its own right. You know, it's a it's a, a bit ironic, um, and I think that this is a place that the the industry can mature. But it's a bit ironic that we're building these decentral platforms, but. Uh, the lack of guidance we have from regulators forces us to just guess. Um, and because of that, and because of my background, I've chosen to just take the safest, safest angle um, at this and, and only sell to people as if they're, um, uh, you know, a security private placement uh, su- subscription. And uh, it, it adds a lot of hurdles to, to get your hands on some iCash tokens, especially in the U S but uh, over time, the more clarity that comes, the more uh, easily accessible the token will be. And in an environment where there's fixed supply, um, more demand is a good thing for everybody. Absolutely. And and that kind of brings me to to the question of, you know, you've worked in, in finance before this and now you're you're here. You know, what are some of the biggest lessons that you have learned on your journey in this space? Yeah, I, I have definitely benefited from from taking lessons from my past and applying it to, to this sector. Uh, I don't think enough projects in the space really take seriously enough uh, compliance. You know, our first hire was a compliance officer whose last job was the head of risk management for the state of Massachusetts pension fund. Uh, this is somebody who's interacted with regulators for their entire career, uh, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, uh, it's funny to me, most projects don't even have COOs or CFOs. Uh, so we were really diligent about building out 
uh, legal capacity and compliance capacity. Uh, I think that over time, people will regret not having done that and want to do more of that. So uh, that's certainly something that we're focused on that I've taken forward from my past. You know, my last company was a pu- I took public on the London Stock Exchange um, was an eight hundred twenty five million dollar banks across Africa, and it ended up uh, being a very similar structure to uh, a token sale. Uh, we did a SPAC, which is a special purpose acquisition company, where you raise money into a cash shell, you sell uh, investors shares in that cash shell or in that public company, you then use that cash to implement the thesis that you had laid out in your prospectus, and trade freely immediately. Uh, as you can imagine, that's quite similar to a token sale where, you know, you publish a white paper, sell tokens, fully liquid, freely tradable tokens immediately. You subject yourself to the public markets immediately, but you give investors full liquidity immediately. And um, is is probably a much more pure way for investors to interact with, you know, the business to consumer companies of today. Uh, we did some studies about, you know, the most popular stocks in the world, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, they all have more users than they do shares outstanding. Um, hmm. LinkedIn sold for 100 times revenues. So I think gone are the days where companies trade as a multiple of revenues. They more so now trade on a multiple of users or you know, obviously potential upside. And a much more pure way for you to participate in that is through a token. You know, if, I, uh, if I started using Uber five, six years ago, I would have purchased a token at the time that gave me access to that utility of the platform. And today I'd still be utilizing my access to the platform at the price that I purchased the token at back in the day. Uh, whereas if I go and take an Uber today and my grandmother does for the first time, we both pay the same amount. That just doesn't make sense anymore. Um, and I think that, you know, in the world of users having direct relationships with brands and uh, you know, the, the user experience and the underlying utility of these businesses that are uh, at the forefront of our world today, um, having a much more pure direct relationship with your consumer and giving them actual interest in the rising utility of your platform is much more pure than giving them shares that, you know, as Zuckerberg famously sorted out, give you no vote in the underlying business of the company and give you no dividend, give you no distribution, nothing. You just basically get the potential appreciation, which you get from a token, but with the token, you also get access to the utility. So, um, you know, if Jeff Bezos decided tomorrow that you had to have an Amazon token to be able to be a prime member, well, he'd have more demand for those tokens than he currently does for the shares in his company. And uh, I, I think the mm-hmm. market will mature to that. Now that's some, some fantastic insight and and really, really interesting way of looking at it, uh, which I think is, is probably just coming from your years of experience. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your, your insight and your knowledge in this area. Always happy to. Um, I've learned a lot myself, and I'm lucky to be knee-deep in it. So the more I can help others and, and, and spread some of that knowledge and, and continue to learn myself, the better. So, Will, the best website, the best place to contact you is on your website, which is www.icash.io? Correct. Wonderful. Well, Will, thank you again so much for taking the time to to join us here and to to spend time with our listeners really explaining the future of this industry and your wonderful product. Thank you so much. It's a a treat to be able to. That is Will McDonough. He is the founder at iCash.io. Again, their website is iCash.io. This has been Juliet Lamar for Future Tech Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You have been listening to Almost Here, a 
Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.